You are listening Don't let me down to the Chilean British Radio. everyone, good morning and welcome back to another episode of B-Sides on Chilean British Radio, the show where we explore a different interesting subgenre every week. Last week we were sticking to the mainstream and talking about the sunny and upbeat genre of Tropical House, but this week we're taking it back a couple of decades to focus on a genre by the name of Space Rock. This is going to be a pretty different episode compared to the past few weeks, since I'm going to be playing some slightly more ancient artists. And this genre of music sounds pretty unique compared to the electronic-based genres that I've talked about so far. A lot of songs within this genre are super long, and they can go on for 8, 10, or even 20 minutes. So today, I've tried to pick some slightly shorter tracks, just so that I can feature more of these great artists, instead of just spending the entire program listening to only a few. I can't wait to play you all of the tracks that I have lined up today. First of all, I want to kick off the program with a song called Cluster One. Now, I should definitely tell you that this song starts off with about a minute of near silence and odd noises, so there's no need to adjust your volume settings or worry that your earphones are broken. The sounds are actually electromagnetic noise, picked up from the solar wind interfering with the Earth's magnetic field. There's your clue as to how the song fits into this week's theme of space rock. But I won't give anything away just yet. Here's the track Cluster One by Pink Floyd.
That was the Cosmic Trek Cluster One by Pink Floyd. So now, let me explain to you what exactly space rock is. Space rock, or in its most widely recognized form, psychedelic rock, was a movement that originated in the late 1960s to the early 1970s. It is a subgenre within the larger umbrella of psychedelic rock. It was mainly pioneered by artists from the United Kingdom within the progressive rock and psychedelic musical circles. It was actually a precursor to the genre that we talked about two weeks ago, shoegaze. It also heavily influenced the post-rock genre too. A lot of space rock contains lyrics or themes that center on outer space and science fiction, since the movement actually emerged shortly after the first man landed on the moon in 1969, and obviously with the space race cemented firmly within the public consciousness for so long, it was unsurprising that many musicians started looking to outer space as inspiration for their music. A few of the main musical characteristics of space rock include long progressive instrumental songs that sound psychedelic and otherworldly, as well as using distortion, reverb, and calm spaced out vocals to create a hypnotic feeling. This kind of rock abandoned the typical song format of verses and choruses opting instead to create fluctuating soundscapes that held much less rigid forms. This meant that bands could have a lot more freedom with their musical choices. A perfect genre to fuse with space or progressive rock was jazz, thanks to the abstract and flexible natures of both of these genres. This next band, Gong, is a great example of a space rock and jazz fusion project. This is their wonderfully named track, Sold to the Highest Buddha,
that was sold to the highest Buddha by Gong. So now I want to explain a bit about my personal experience with Space Rock. I guess my interest in it subconsciously began as a child, since my dad used to listen to a lot of psychedelic rock artists, and so obviously I would hear them being played in the house all the time. As I grew up though, I wasn't incredibly interested in rock music in general, but that all changed a couple of years ago, when I got into classic rock. My interest in this genre was kick-started when I discovered one of my favourite artists, Nirvana, and became completely obsessed. Naturally, this led to me wanting to find more artists similar to them, and being keen to explore more of the rock world. I listened to some of the greats, but my firm favourite among the rock legends remained as Pink Floyd. There was always something slightly more creative and interesting about their music, compared to many other classic rock bands. I'm a sucker for a concept album too, and they're particularly good at delivering that. When you're talking about space rock, there is one band that's impossible to ignore. They're called Hawkwind, and they're credited as being one of the very first space rock bands. This is their track, Master of the Universe.
That was the track Master of the Universe by the band Hawkwind. Over the years, Hawkwind has had a lot of different members, to the point where only one original member remains to this day, and they even had Lemmy from the band Motorhead playing with them at one point. So next, I want to give you a bit of context for space rock. When this genre was kicking off, the whole world was extremely interested in the cosmos and spaceflight. It was natural that artists would use these themes as inspiration for their music. I want to play you a song now that perfectly encapsulates the late 60s fascination with outer space. It's an insanely famous track, inspired by the film 2001, A Space Oddity, and it's by an equally famous artist, the late David Bowie. It's considered to be one of the greatest rock songs ever, and it's become an anthem for everything to do with space travel, having been performed by astronauts aboard the International Space Station and played during TV coverage of the Apollo 11 landing. So without further ado, here's the classic song, Space Oddity, by the iconic David Bowie. Control to Major Tom Ground Control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ten Ground Control Nine. to Major Tom Eight. Seven
That was The Legendary Space Oddity by David Bowie, a classic example of a space rock song. Another term that was thrown around quite a lot during this era was cosmic rock. This was more or less the same concept, but some artists preferred to refer to their own work as cosmic instead of space, or vice versa. A lot of artists tend to self-describe like this, picking or inventing genre terms that they feel suit their own music best. Mark Bolan of the band T-Rex tended to describe their music as cosmic rock, as well as including plenty of lyrics about space in their songs. Here's the track Venus Loon by T-Rex. That was the track Venus Loon by T-Rex. So now I want to focus on a pretty common issue that's prevalent across a lot of different genres in the music scene. When a band begins making and releasing music, they're often categorized and given a musical label by the media or by their listeners. However, this can be detrimental to the progress of the band because they might not want to be filed under a specific category or be subjected to too much pressure to keep making music that conforms to the characteristics of this particular genre. One band that was particularly opposed to people labeling their music was Pink Floyd. Just before the release of their album Metal, they changed the lyrics of one of their songs from a planetary theme to an aquatic theme because they were concerned about being labeled as a space rock band. Their early albums contain a lot of songs titled or relating to outer space, like Interstellar Overdrive, and astron Astronomy Domine, so it's easy to see why so many critics and fans were so quick to give them the space rock label. This track is called A Pillow of Winds, and it's by Pink Floyd. 
That was A Pillow of Winds by Pink Floyd from their 1971 album Metal. I am personally a huge fan of Pink Floyd. I grew up listening to them since they were one of my dad's favourite bands ever, and I still listen to them quite a lot nowadays. They're indisputably iconic, and definitely one of the most famous British bands in the history of rock. Up next on today's programme is a track by a German progressive rock band named Eloy who took their name from a science fiction book by H.G. Wells. This is a really important key characteristic of space rock, using science fiction and thoughts of the future as inspiration for music. This is Time to Turn by Eloy.
That was the song Time to Turn by Eloy. So now moving on to an important theme that comes up frequently while discussing the 60s and 70s rock scene, the topic of psychedelic drinks. These were pretty much synonymous with the psychedelic rock world, as well as the celebrity life in general. Obviously, a lot of people weren't as informed and aware of the risks back then, and some didn't care as much about the consequences. Their usage would often turn into addiction, and this in turn would lead to their careers, mental health and personal lives suffering while they dealt with the fallout and attempted to recover. Plenty of rock stars are known to have had issues with addiction, and space rock artists are no exception. 
A lot of psychedelic music has obviously been influenced by psychedelic drugs, and critics always like to spend a lot of time and energy speculating about whether specific songs are about their use or not. And although some artists confirm or deny the speculation, surely it shouldn't really matter. Lyrics are often very personal things, and sometimes no one really knows the real meaning to them, even the artists. In my opinion, it's fairly pointless to spend all your time and energy being concerned about the specific topic of the lyrics. Surely, if you enjoy the song, then the real meaning to the lyrics shouldn't really matter. I always say that it's the emotional connection to a song that matters most. But this doesn't mean that an artist's struggle with addiction doesn't matter. It's also important to remember that everyone has their own personal issues, and that famous artists are flawed humans too. And music is a great way of expressing your thoughts and feelings about your own struggles. Up next, I want to play you a great space rock track called Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space by a band called Spiritualized.
That was Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space by Spiritualized. Now I want to play you a song that perfectly represents a more modern take on space rock. Obviously, it's been decades since this genre emerged, so there's been plenty of development and change within the genre. And nowadays, there are plenty of different forms of psychedelic rock. This is such a good track, and its connection to our genre today should be pretty obvious based on the song's title. This is Supermassive Black Hole by the British rock band Muse. the track Supermassive Black Hole by the artist Muse. So sadly now, it's time for me to start wrapping up today's program. I've had so much fun talking about my favourite space rock artists and some interesting topics that are closely related to the genre. I hope I've inspired you to do some further listening to space rock and maybe some other similar genres too. I'm going to leave you with this emotional and powerful track by Pink Floyd. An interesting thing about Pink Floyd when they first started out is that they started playing long drawn out guitar solos as a way to fill out their performances more so the songs wouldn't become too repetitive whilst playing live. This next track is part of an epic concept album called The War, which was also adapted into a film. 
definitely worth a watch in my opinion. This song contains what many people consider to be one of the best guitar solos of all time, which is a pretty impressive achievement. This is the track Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. I'm Ella, and I'll see you next week. Enjoy!
You're listening. The Chilean British Radio.